Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? It's Monday, it's the start of Super Bowl week, and boy, have I got a guest for you. Uh, joining me today is uh, the creative Sleepy You, uh, and the man you've probably seen on uh, Twitter, on Instagram, or that we asked you to hound for quite a while. Um, is the creator of the Fantasy Football Show on Instagram and YouTube and, and Twitter. It's Smitty. Smitty, how's it going? Welcome to 5 Yard Rush. How are you doing? It's good, man. I'm, I'm glad to uh, be able to talk to UK people and, and get fantasy football kind of uh, kicking into high gear um, in, in your world because uh, we had talked briefly before before we started this, this pod and uh, you're talking about how fantasy football is evolving more and more in the UK. Um, how, how, how popular is it compared to, to the U S I'm just curious. It's a, it's a very good question. Um, so typically we're finding what we're trying to do is build a community of players. So you, the fandom of NFL here has grown exponentially over the last uh, 10, 12 years since we've had games um, and the games here sell out at a radical pace. We have four regular season games now and they sell out in minutes and there's many people left disappointed. They can't get tickets and uh, red zone is a huge show here in the UK because it's actually shown on um, 
free to air cable. Um, so as long as you've got the, wow. the, the right cable package, you can get um, red zone. So a lot of people um, watch that um, and interact that way. Um, and typically what we have found over the last couple of years doing this podcast is that uh, there's a lot of people that play, but they've been playing in random leagues because they don't have 10 friends or 11 friends or, or nine yeah. friends who who watch NFL. Um, so it's, it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's niche, but at the same point, it's not mainstream, but it's getting there. I think a couple of years time it will be, but so we create a lot of leagues that um, people can just meet and interact. And so we just try and act as a conduit and create fun leagues that people don't have to play those crappy uh, Yahoo or NFL leagues anymore. That They're just full of random people that don't make any sense and, and don't mean anything. They yeah. get to play real people all the way through and connect with people in the UK. So, well, I'm, I'm going to probably do a bunch of – so what I do typically, and I, we can talk about what it is I do in a second, but I, I do a lot of YouTube lives and I do a lot of mock drafts. I'm not sure how much you're familiar with my YouTube channel itself. Um, but on the Fantasy Football Show, literally like every Saturday, every Thursday, uh, not quite yet, but I think we're going to do our first mock draft uh, tonight actually. Um, wow. I don't know that we're going to do it through a league management. We're going to probably do it on a marker board through my live video that I have uh, that I'm going to have in my studio here. But basically what I plan to do in 2020 and you're, you're welcome, your crew's welcome uh, to get involved in is do a ton of best ball league drafts so that, you know, we can all participate in early mock drafting uh, essentially, even though you're playing in the league, but have a bunch of leagues to look forward to during the year and best ball is becoming so popular. And one of the reasons why it's becoming so popular, especially amongst my type of community is that I'm all about sleepers and being ahead of the curve, landing that next bold prediction. And in best ball, that's where you can dominate the most with that type of thinking and that approach. Because like right now, for example, AJ Brown, I think AJ Brown's going to have top five to seven wide receiver potential in 2020 and in best ball, you can take advantage of that to the extreme until his ADP and value rises. So I, I welcome you guys to join in if you guys are looking for a, a lot of different leagues and, and, and types of things to, to jump in. I, we're going to do a lot of them. So, Well, definitely. I think uh, myself and listeners of this podcast will, will definitely uh, be involved. In fact, we had Joe Dolan on uh, a couple of weeks ago. And Joe Dolan was saying, actually, he bases his rankings and, and he's been number one in the fantasy pro rankings in three of the last five years um, saying that actually he bases his, his rankings off of doing hundreds of best ball drafts. And that's how he does yeah. his rankings because he's able to see the ADP data live and, and all these drafts he does, he just gets that human, he called it the human element that you, you know, projection models and everything are great. And that gives you a great theoretical base, but seeing the models live and seeing where people are taking them and, and, trusting the people that he drafts with uh, to give him that information is how he builds part of his, his model that works for him. So um, it's something that I was like, wow, that's quite a light bulb moment. I did about 120 drafts last year and think that, that probably wasn't enough yet. felt like a lot of the time. So I'll definitely be doing a few to, to get sharp, but um, let's talk a little bit about you while we got you here then to talk about how you got into fantasy football. Cause you've been doing this for, for close to, to 20 years really. So how have you kept it going? You know, how are you, you know, innovating? You're, you're so different to all the other analysts out there. So how do you keep, keep it fresh? Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of the younger crowd like instagram is younger or it was younger it's growing older each day it's kind of gonna eventually be the next facebook where you know it's a bunch of old people on instagram but in a couple different 
platforms I are emerging because, and people are like, well, if you've been around for 16, 20, you know, whatever years, uh, I've been on CBS sports radio and NBC sports radio for 16 straight years on the longest running fantasy football radio show in the world. There's no radio show longer for fantasy football than this. It's been going 23 years. I've been on the show 16 straight. Um, but I was acquired uh, two times over throughout the industry, throughout my career. So I essentially started over in terms of my social media handles and all my social media marketing and, and, and my presence because they were acquired. And uh, I, I wrote for a, a site and, and uh, uh, was editor-in-chief for three, four years at Fantasy Football Starters. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that brand. It has since closed um, its doors. And if you actually go to it, it, it directs you over to my site now. But um, I, I branched back out about three and a half, four years ago to create sleeperu.com, S-L-E-E-P-E-R, the letter U. It's like a sleeper university of sorts. Um, and I created that about three and a half years ago. Focused a lot on the content. A lot of my followers follow me but you know, back over wherever I've gone. They've, I have a big loyal following um, in terms of the content members. And uh, I really hadn't kicked into into gear in the social media side of it again, building back up my brands because it's so daunting, you know, managing your social media accounts and all that. It's a daunting task. And I had to focus on getting my brand back up because I had been acquired and I've been writing for another company for so many years. So I started the fantasy football show as a branch of my brand, um, but it's essentially becoming the bread and butter of my entire brand. Um, and the fantasy football show.com, which you can find at youtube.com slash the fantasy football show as well. Um, my website will take you right to that. That is a video format of everything I do. So I decided to launch the video show for the first time this past year. So it's been exactly one calendar year that the fantasy football show.com has been up and running. So, uh, we took it from zero subscribers on YouTube to like 39 I think is where we're at right now. And, and basically, you know, about 11 months, essentially, uh, which is huge growth. But, you know, that number is not massive. That number would be in the hundreds of thousands had I never been acquired and let go of my social handles and and uh, kind of restarted here and there throughout my career. But I've had a long journey um, in the fantasy business and, and it's all brought me to this, man. So um, I'm excited about what I'm building right now in the, in the fantasy football show, I'm excited about what was my bread and butter and still will always be number one in my heart is sleeperu.com. And I'm just trying to keep both these brands going full steam, man, as I head into 2020. Um, that's basically where, basically where I've been, but I've been on CBS and NBC sports radio the entire time. Uh, just kind of dropping bull predictions. And that's kind of my thing. Man, that's awesome. I, I gotta say, I, I picked up, I found you. I don't know how I found you on my personal Instagram account. I think probably around June or July. Been following ever since. And yeah, you know what I love about your videos, other than the fact they're they're bite sized, which is great because you deliver uh, a lot of content in a very short space of time. Which for a person like me, I'm on the go a lot. You know, I like bite sized information. Um, and I think what you've mastered is that the the three to six minute window of delivering information where you get a lot out of it in a short space of time and, and you can go back and rewatch and, and cause you know, sometimes you miss a bit and you go back and rewatch it and it's not a huge long rewatch and, you know, you'll do clips in your car, you'll do clips in your studio, you'll do clips just about anywhere. And it, it shows mm-hmm. you. And I think it's, you know, the, the key to your brand is, is not just 
a voice you hear and you never get to see what they look like. You get like a little insight into who you are and um, buys credibility quickly, man. So you, you're absolutely killing it. And uh, you know, you're one of the reasons we decided to start launching our, our YouTube show. And, you know, we we're only just doing sort of one show, the main show a week that we're going to do off that. But you, you know, you got us thinking that, you know, we can promote and do podcasts, but you know, we're going to fall behind if we just do, podcasts and twitter you know we need to branch well, out and I, pr- I appreciate all that and my one piece of advice would be don't bite off too much I'm, I'm the king of biting off more than than i can chew but i think uh it's important to make sure you do a couple of the things really good instead of diluting your efforts and your quality so make sure you you know definitely branch out and build as you as you can you know you don't want to leave certain platforms untouched and untapped because you know, you could really run into your, your niche in that, you know, that exploring. But at the same time, you know, go hard at one or two of your avenues until you get those full steam ahead and then branch out the next year. Kind of like me, I, I didn't, I haven't been on Twitter much. Like you, you get on Twitter and you look at my Twitter account, and you think, oh God, this guy's brand new. Like he's been around, he's been around 20 years and he's got, he's got this amount of followers. But uh, that's because I don't, I don't really touch Twitter. I have started this year. I'm going to hit Twitter really hard with like you were talking about those real quick hitting pieces of advice, but it'll be like one minute clips on different player profiles. And that's what my Twitter is going to make basically focus solely on. I'm going to do a lot of humor with it too, but it's hard getting going on any platform. Look at, look at me. I have this sick, you know, 16 years on CBS and NBC. I have almost 20 something years in the industry with a following that's, thousands deep on my sleeperu.com it doesn't all translate just because i have that following on my sleeperu.com almost none of them are on my twitter or on my youtube which would surprise i think in almost anybody but when i launched the fantasyfootballshow.com trying to get all these people to play around on different platforms is almost near impossible they'll watch videos on my actual sleeperu.com site when i post a post and, and show the video but they're the reason they follow me is the written content. They're not interested in the grants in the majority of the people aren't interested in the video format. So the video format for me was starting from scratch month one, month two. It's like, you you want to give up. Like I literally almost gave up doing videos in month three and four. Like it, it, it takes a while to get going. If your content's good and people like it, they'll come and it'll eventually grow. It's just a hard grind, and, it, and it's being consistent and having enough time to do it all. And, and the weird thing about it, I've, I've learned, there aren't a lot of people that have the ability to live the lifestyle of an on-call, totally, you know, 100% committed fantasy football analyst. Like you, it doesn't jive with a, a normal family life. You have to have a really understanding spouse or girlfriend or whatever, partner. Um, you have to, you know, be able to juggle time. It, it's, it's hard. It is not, I do a really piss poor job at times of managing my time. And I'm always saying yes to things. Um, don't feel bad, but like even saying yes to this interview, it's like, I, I can't, I usually can't say no to trying to not only promote the brand, but to help other people learn about fantasy football. I love talking about it. Um, I like just conversating with new people. You never know what doors can open or what friendships you can make and what kind of, uh, uh, direction your own brand might go in just by doing this one, you know, single thing. Like I like getting out there for that reason, not just to grow selfishly, but because you never know what you're going to create and do in, in uh funny story is, is 
just to give people an idea, if you are trying to start out doing something like, don't think, Oh, the struggle is too much. I'm not going to do it. Or I missed my opportunity. I could tell you a hundred stories about missing opportunity and not capitalizing on certain opportunities in 2000. I want to say it's six or seven. Uh, YouTube approached me <laughs> and they asked me to do a video start bench series with five other analysts that they've chosen or four others. So it was five total. And they literally cycled us on the homepage of youtube.com in 2006 or seven, whatever year it was that they were pretty much, you know, becoming known and, and out there. And so I was on the homepage of YouTube on Sunday mornings. Um, YouTube back then was different. Like some of my biggest videos might've gotten the same views I got, you know, would have got on that platform back then. But I had an opportunity to build on YouTube and I, and, and I did video there. I didn't do it consistently. I did it like once a week on Sunday mornings, but just looking back on like, what, what would my story be now? Had I continued to use that same channel? I never got it. And I got acquired. So that channel went along back then it was a brand it wasn't my personal like you know instagram or my personal it was a branded account for the site that got acquired and if i had never gotten rid of any of that uh you know what kind of size would i be at right now given i was the really the one of the first video youtubers out there and i didn't do anything with it pretty much from 2008 ish until last year um so, you know, it, it's never too late to start. There are all kinds of stories of what it should have, could have. Um, and, you know, the way I like to look at it is I wouldn't be where I'm at right now with the knowledge and wisdom I have now to do what I need to do now with the personality or the, the voice that I have now. I might be a different analyst had I done it then, you know, so you can't look back. But it's just a funny reflection on, on opportunity and how, you know, you could take things in a hundred different directions in life. And, and that was one direction I didn't go in and I really, really probably should have. Yeah. But you know what, you know, what I've learned is not just in my first career or my second career or uh, doing this or just life experiences that you can, you should never have regrets. You can, you can say that you made wrong decisions, but if you learn from them, it's been useful. I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, so by day, uh, I do software sales for startup companies and I, I have picked the wrong company to work for numerous times. Um, yep. took the best offer, took the best financial offer, not necessarily the best career option. And, you know, I've, I've just learned to go, yeah, I made a crap decision. It's fine. What did I learn yeah. from that process to make sure I don't replicate it? It's the same when I make crap fantasy football predictions, right? I can, you know, I, I said Aaron, Aaron Rodgers was going to be the number one QB in 2019. And that turned out to be a, an absolute, you know, mess of a pig. Um, but, you know, there were some winners in there, you know, uh, calling where James Winston was going to be as a top five QB, just sheerly on the volume and things like that. So I know that my process is is good, but needs to improve, and and that's something I take every single year to get better at what I do. It's it's finding your craft. Yeah. Same goes with opportunities, man. It's like yeah, we. But what you're doing now is is just it's really cool. It's really awesome. I've been telling people they need to be following you, and and they are, and I you know, it. it's because at the end of the day, it's it's refreshing. It's different what you do is is different is you put your face on everything, which is something that not a lot of people are willing to do. You know, a lot of people can talk behind a mic. A lot of people can throw a lot of shade and, and be a keyboard warrior on Twitter, but 
you know, you're not just putting a brand out there. You put your face on everything and your face is, is literally on everything with every video saying, you know, come at me if I'm wrong, because I'm owning this process, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. And yeah, it takes a lot of, a lot of cojones to do that, my friend. So, you know, hats off to you and you, you definitely creating a market for people like myself and stocks and, and other people who, you know, are going to be wise enough to, to get on there. And, you know, it's a big enough sphere that, you can dominate and others can dominate and you know competition might be good <laughs> yeah no it, it, and it's a saturated market but like anything man if you if you hit on something and people like it like i try and tell people not to focus so much on i'm talking about people that are getting started focus on on what other people are doing and it's hard not to get caught up in that it's hard not to see somebody else getting you know growth on a youtube channel that you know has two or three year head start on you but you're still like looking at it or it's hard not to do that. But the bottom line is if you love what you're doing and, and you just do it and you keep doing it and, and you don't just stop, you don't do it sporadically, you're consistent with it. It's either going to pop or it's not. And you're going to know if it's the right avenue for you. It doesn't mean that you're not going to do well in fantasy. It doesn't mean you won't have the best audio podcast in the world because your video show isn't kicking. Um, look at me as you, as an example, I literally don't have momentum at all on Twitter. I'm rocking it on Instagram. Uh, YouTube is growing exponentially. I mean, it, it, the number numbers are 3,900 may not sound like a lot, but going from zero to 39, one year is huge. That kind of growth will put us at like 12,000, 15,000 YouTube subscribers by August. If we continue to grow at that rate, especially when we get to like June and July and things start, you know, ramping up. Uh, but look at, look at my Twitter, you know, it, it's, I'm, I'm still a work in progress on Twitter. And until you get like that core 15, 20 consistent commenters and people that come around, it doesn't generate that, that reaction and that it doesn't, you know, make the algorithms that YouTube and Twitter have like start showing your stuff to other people because it doesn't look popular, you know? So things need to get organically popular and you can't fake it. You can't fake the system. That's why I've, I haven't pushed a lot on Twitter because it wasn't popping the same way it was on Instagram. I got an Instagram. I've been on Instagram and YouTube. I mean, I had, I, I bought, I got my accounts. I acquired the, the username and I put up like a promo video for my membership or something, you know, like I've done like sporadic once in a while, stupid videos that never got any traction of any kind. Uh, Instagram, I, I grabbed the handle a little over a year, you know, before I ended up producing much on it at all. I put up like a video or two or something. Um, but I didn't start on YouTube and Instagram until one year ago today uh, or this month. And so to go from zero essentially or 200 followers, whatever it was to on Instagram, it's like 6,900 or something like that. 60, I forget what the number is, 6,800, 6,900. And on YouTube, 3,900 just in one year is exciting. But then I get you, anybody gets discouraged when you get on Twitter and you're dropping really good videos and you're getting four, you know, four likes, no retweets and one comment, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's easy to give up. So my advice to anybody trying to make it is pick a couple and don't give up. And within a full calendar year, if you aren't seeing a lot of promise, then you need, do need to pick different platforms or try a different approach or um, go a different route. but. I get people that, that message me and they're like, Smitty, I want to be in the fantasy business. Guide me, help me. 
what do I need to do? And I go to their profile and on their profile, they have, I'm the number one Instagram advice giver on Instagram. And they have three, 34 followers and in one or two videos. And it's like, that's your problem. You're flexing and trying to, to say you're something you're not be original, be authentic. If you're a security guard at an old folks home and you're doing these videos and trying to get out there, tell your story. Let people see you're at an old folks home at midnight, you know, live streaming. Like, don't be something you're not and and just try and build organically. Or and if it doesn't work, then you try a different path. No, I, I agree. I think the other thing is just to have a reason why you're doing it. So um, a big thing in my in my day job is um, I read a book by a guy called Simon Simic. He does TED Talks and it starts with why. And actually, it's about understanding why you're doing what you're doing. And you'd be amazed at how many businesses in this world can tell you, you know, when people tell you like, oh, my business is this or my fantasy business is this or whatever it is, they tell you about what it is, not why it exists. And I think you've got to have a central ethos at the start of it. So when anyone asks me, you know, why do you do what you do? It, for us, it's growing a market in the UK of fantasy players and building a community so people don't have to rely on playing in crappy NFL random leagues and Yahoo leagues. So for us, it's just about meeting fellow fans of the game, talking to them, advising them where we can, and making it fun. And that's why we exist. That's why we do what we do. That's our course. That's our mission statement, whatever you want to say it is. Um, and the amount of people that go into this thinking, I'm going to earn a load of money or I'm going to get notoriety, but actually they don't have a fundamental reason for why they're doing it other than that. That's not yeah. enough. It's never going to stick because there's not, there's not many people earning you know Matthew Berry kind of money <laughs> every yeah, year it, doing this. It's, it's hard. It's not impossible. I mean, it, you have to, you have to do a lot of different things, right? You have to run a business, right? You can't, a lot of people think, you know, there are people on Instagram, I'm not going to mention any names that have like a hundred thousand followers, you know, and they, they give, they give ridiculous advice. Um, there are plenty of people that literally think that these people are, are working full time off of their one Instagram account that has, you know, 90 to hundred thousand followers. It doesn't work like that. If they have other things supporting that brand then it's it's possible um you could be definitely making if you have a great podcast and you have podcast income coming in you have uh your youtube revenue coming in which you could live solely off of youtube revenue if you're you're making if you're getting a certain amount of views um and and everybody everybody's industry pays a little different but somebody getting you know a hundred thousand 200,000 views a video they most certainly could make a living off of just their YouTube revenue. Um, but a lot of people don't have that in the fantasy industry. You could combine a lot of these revenues together. I've been doing it full time for a number of years. And there were years where I did have to supplement. And that's how I got into web design to begin with back in like two. So I started uh, my first site in 2000. I did writing in some stuff well before, but I started my own brand and my own site and made a bunch of innovations that have never been uh, created in fantasy football. I'm a di I'm literally Matthew Barry, me. There's a couple people you can find that have been doing fantasy football as long as I have the way that I've been doing it. And in 2004, I created my first site. I invented the trade calculator in the fantasy football industry. I invented the mock draft simulator in 2004. 
Um, some people like football guys had like a dominator you download. It was like almost like a big beefy Excel file type of program that you'd run on your computer. You'd have to input your lineup. I created the first instant trade calculator where you select the player, you select the player. It immediately tells you, do not do this trade, do this trade. This trade's even, um, mock draft simulator, walk you through a mock draft in a matter of seconds. Um, created all that in 2004, 2005. Um, and, uh, I got sidetracked. I'm not even sure where I was headed with this, but po- point, point is, what was I even saying? <laughs> we were just, we were just talking about the reasons why you do what yeah. you do, why you should always oh. have a, a cause and the reason that you, yeah, yeah. you know, you're not necessarily going to be the, the next Matthew Barry and make a, right. a, a couple Maybe. hundred thousand a year. <laughs> yeah. Right. So did I get anything? That's where I was heading with this. Did I get anything by inventing the trade calculator? No, I didn't patent the thing. Did I get anything from any of that? No. Did I have I ever even been nominated for anything in the Fantasy Sports Trade Association awards? No. They they almost act like I don't even exist. Um, <laughs> so it you have to if you want to do this for a living, you're right. If you don't have that drive that this is what I want to do and I love being in front of camera or the mic or behind my computer screen publishing, you know, articles that people are willing to pay for don't yeah, don't go down the road you know if that's not if you're not in love with one of those aspects of it or at least the the passion driving you guys like to get people into it in the UK that's a great motivation and i recommend you keep that in front of you at all times um for me i've always had a passion and desire for it the reason i got into it was in 2000 uh, well i could i could go all the way back to 19 like 93 or 92 when i started playing fantasy football and I remember when I was uh, a young, a youngin, not not that particular year, but I was working uh, one of my first jobs, and I was in a grocery store bagging groceries. And I forget what year this was, but uh, I remember I would just go into the freezer with a pad of paper and a pen, and I'd literally go around the corner and sit in like on the milk, and I'd just do rankings. I'd just rank my top twenty-five running backs, you know, by memory. And then I rank my top five wide receivers. Then I go box some stuff. And then about 15 minutes later, I go back, sit on the milk again, and mock draft my top running backs and compare why they're different from 15, 20 minutes ago. And this was like in April and May and June when my friends are like, you're an insane person. Football doesn't start until August, September. Magazines aren't out until late July. We're not talking fantasy football with you, Smitty. And so I got tired of the fact that there was no one like me that wanted to talk football in, in March, in February, in April. And so the real reason I started everything was because I felt like there were other people out there that were searching for information like I wanted, which was year round. And so my brand is essentially built off the back of a dynasty mentality, even before dynasty really was even popular. Um, and so you'll find a lot of my followers are dynasty based. They love playing redraft too. So I, prov- I provide content for both. I typically, when I deliver any content, I try and do a dynasty and a redraft spin on it. Um, and, and it's all because I sat there and I didn't see a trade calculator. I sat there. I didn't see rankings the day after the NFL Super Bowl. Why? Why can't we have rankings the day after the NFL Super Bowl? It made no sense to me. It didn't compute. Why are fantasy rankings only coming out in July? Why don't they come out in May? And then again, come out with an update in June. Like this stuff bothered me. And that's why I, I truly got into the business. And I always try and keep that in mind when I create stuff is 
what are people wanting to see that isn't out there? And that's why I create things like the 96 team league that we'll probably talk about in a second. That's why I create, uh, you know, the, the kind of behind the scenes fantasy stuff that you're talking about, like, cause I think people are interested in it. I, I sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I create something and I get a negative response. So I move on. Um, but I like to, and I probably will do this more moving forward is tell, you know, the behind the scenes story, um, and, and show people what I'm doing as I'm creating content, maybe even, and, and kind of do almost like a, uh, like I'm sure you watch Gary V stuff, but like, uh, uh, uh a, you know, similar type of format of like, just what am I doing throughout my day? Some people might not want to see that. Some people might want to. Um, but I think people, some people are interested in the entire process. I, I completely agree. I think it's, it's, it's one thing just to, to have the end product. It's another to learn the process. I think more people want to know how to do rankings, uh, any guidance that's out there. And I've actually found that there's not a lot of great articles out there about doing projections about doing rankings uh Dwayne McFarlane wrote a really good one last year for Matt Woolman RSP I can't recall too many pieces out there so people do like to know how the sausage is made especially nerds like myself uh, and yourself well, right <laughs> yeah I'll tell you what there's one thing I developed and I'm always trying to innovate you know in the business and one thing I created that I think is one of the most untalked about and unknown types of processes that we go through as a community that creates amazing rankings is my double and triple confirmation mock drafting. I'm not sure if you've seen that on any of my YouTube lives, but basically what we do in a time like right now where there's no ADP data to be found, even if you found it, it wouldn't be accurate. There aren't enough drafters, serious drafters that have drafted to accumulate good ADP data. So what I came up with was a process that literally gives you ADP data uh, essentially it's the most accurate looking ranking or data you can find. And I, and I can do it in a group setting in a matter of minutes. And what it is, is you basically make everybody draft in a live chat. So in my live chats, we'll all draft and both throw out a name. So at 1.01, who are we taking? Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, Barkley. Until I get three votes in a row for a player, the player doesn't get locked into place. So it's a triple confirmation in a row mock draft. And what it does is it eliminates the boneheaded Homer that wants to throw Kelsey at number seven and ruin the entire data because they, they're involved and they took Kelsey at seven to have three people make a boneheaded decision in a row is, is near impossible. So what you end up with is this, this draft that literally mirrors what ADP data would probably look like today. And so it's an amazing way to create that, that, that ranking, you know, ahead of time. And we've done it and we're going to do it tonight on my YouTube live. If anybody's, well, I don't know when you're playing this, this podcast, but uh, you're more than welcome to jump in and, and, and invite people to, to participate, but we'll, we'll be creating some ADP data tonight. Nice. Definitely. Uh, definitely share that with everybody um, and where to find that. Cause I'm sure it probably won't be the only one that you'll be doing as well. So uh, make sure everyone knows where it is. So let's talk about, you mentioned it, the, the fantasy showdown. So what exactly uh, is this? We asked uh, a lot of our listeners to contact you on Twitter and um, subscribe to your channel. So some of quite a number of our listeners will be aware, but to those who have lived under a rock and, and don't know uh, what exactly is it and where the idea come from. Yeah, I know, I know I'm not on camera right now. I'm just audio, but I'm going to grab my cane anyways. Okay. 
Okay, so I'm going to hold my, my pimp cane while I talk about this. It just gives me a sense of, uh, <laughs> of purpose. So I've got my cane in my hand. Um, the Battle of the Pimps, a.k.a. the Fantasy Showdown, we've called it a number of different things. And I think the Battle of the Pimps is just stuck. So we've kind of been rolling with that as the main name now. But it's basically 96 teams. And in my innovative fashion, I thought, how can I get something going that no one's ever heard of, seen? And I want, I want somebody's jaw to drop when they see this league. And, and it, and it was, it, and people's jaw have, jaws have been dropping even to, you know, Pat Mayo, uh, on DraftKings saw it and he decided to give out, he couldn't play cause it's too intense for him. He's got so much on his plate that he does every day, but Pat Mayo is like, you know, I'll give two or three seats out. Sure. No problem to his community to kind of represent the Pat Mayo mafia. So he gave out two spots and it's kind of just steamrolled from there. Everybody's been wanting to get into this thing. So it's 96 owners in one league, in one division. It's not a bunch of different leagues, like trying to combine, you know, standings or something. It's one league. And when you go to the homepage of the league, you will see 96 teams in one single division. Um, Now you might ask yourself, how the hell are you going to draft a team with 96 people? No one's going to have any players. I'm putting eight copies of every single player into the player pool so that essentially your team will look exactly like the build of a 12-team league. You'll have the exact same type of team you would have in any normal league because of the eight times 12. Um, so, uh, it, it, eight, yeah, so eight, eight copies of Christian McCaffrey will probably go one through eight overall. Um, you know, the, the next eight picks will probably be a combination of Barkley and Cook and, and Henry. And you essentially will be, you know, at round nine or at pick 96 and 97 will be the bookend picks of the first round. And that's where you'll have Devontae Adams and, and Mike Evans and Godwin and all those players sitting there at 96 and 97. So it's going to be a really long, drawn-out draft. It's going to take potentially, I don't know how long, months, maybe a month. People will draft quicker than you expect sometimes and take a long time other times. So not too sure. We're going to have a two- or three-hour timer. And so that means a lot of people are going to have to pre-draft. And if they don't, they're going to time out. And if you time out twice in a row, the computer takes over your team and too bad, so sad. Um, I'm not going to commission this thing at all. It's going to run itself. If you drop a player, that's your fault. Nothing's going to be commissioned. There's no trading to avoid any craziness. So I'm not going to need to do anything there. The ad drop process will be a rolling waiver wire. So if you're number one overall and you don't use it till week five, you'll stay number one and be able to use the number one overall pick. Um, you know, and, and if there's eight, if there's like eight Kenyon Drake sitting on the waiver wire type of player, you know, for 2020, then that type of player will be there eight times over, you know. So if you have the number four pick, you essentially can still grab the same guy number one can grab. Uh, so it's going to be an amazingly crazy thing. And, and the part that I threw in here to make it even crazier is that it's going to be one QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, a flex, a tight end, potentially a defense, but no kicker. I'm still thinking on the defense part. But here's the kicker. Only two bench spots. So that means strategy will be at play to the max in this league because you're going to have to figure out whether you want to roll with a guy in a buy or cut him. Having the defense might allow us to almost essentially have three bench spots because you could roll without a defense for a week. Uh, so that's why I'm considering the defense, but it, it's going to be crazy. The strategy is going to be through the roof, total point league, no playoffs. And uh, it's going to be relatively normal PPR scoring. 
So it, it, that, that explains it, man. There's not much more to tell there other than it's going to be madness and everybody's been wanting a spot. And the way I've been giving out spots is that I'll give us a spot out to you, like you, for example, to your brand, Five Yard Rush, you get a spot as a, as a, a brand. But you also – did I already give you one spot to give out? What was you it? You did. Yeah, we got one okay. spot to give out. Yeah, so you have one spot to give out to a follower. So you can take that follower to the ball, to the, to the, to the pimp ball bash, and, uh, you know, you guys can go together to this, to this league. Yeah, that's, that's what we're going to do because Stocks and I will co-own our team, um, which is what we normally do um, in, in a situation like this so that we don't use two spots. We can co-own and – you know, we have differences of opinion, but that's how we end up getting something that's quite good. Um, although I tend to win more than he does in terms of uh, players. If I really push for it hard enough, I tend to get him to bend a little bit. <laughs> yeah, this uh, is a little different than my throne league. I'm not sure if you heard about my fantasy I did. football throne. Yeah, so that, that league that I created there was kind of revolutionary as well. But it was essentially where 12 fantasy owners get together. Our fantasy expert experts get together. So 12 experts only, not followers. But the followers of each expert draft that expert team. So if you have 20,000 Instagram followers, or in some cases we had people that had, you know, a combination of, you know, 80,000 followers across YouTube and Instagram, and they went to both platforms to get the vote. But when you're on the clock, the expert holds a poll or a live video stream, whatever, collects the votes and has to take what the following decides. And then they go to battle with that team. It was so uh, revolutionary that I had, I had to turn away people that I wished I could have put in it because I'd already committed, you know, the 11, play, 11 uh, owners too fast. And I had people with like, you know, 200,000, 300,000 following on Instagram alone that wanted in and uh, because it's such a fun idea. But it, uh, this, this league, the 96-team league, I've been sure to say will be more popular than that one because – we're we're bringing people with us to the draft where um you're you're able to play alongside of your favorite fantasy football brand um and then just you know like i still encourage that you know people go to their following for when they're on the clock so when i'm on the clock i'm going to probably pick who i want to pick but i'm going to take it to my people and see what they think too and help them feel like that this team is their team too um, even in the 96-team league. But I have a lot of my followers in this draft, uh, naturally, but I gave out about half of them to other pages and those pages' followers. So is the 96 spots uh, full, or is there still an opportunity for people to get involved and somehow win one of there, the last spots? Yeah, there will be about one or two final spots available that I'm giving away in, in my Instagram lives and on my YouTube uh, YouTube live. So I encourage people if they do want one of those spots, if they can't get your spot for whatever reason, they could, they could try and win that one. I've had contests too. And it's weird because people will message me all day long when I'm in a giveaway mode, you know, like Smitty, I'll do anything to get it, anything. And then I'll put up a, a, an Instagram video challenge and say the best submitted video of somebody, uh, you know, holding up a sign of the fantasy on a street corner, in a cafe, at a Target, you know, in a, in a mall, shopping mall, busy college campus, the best sign video footage of someone holding a sign up wins. And I'll get like no entries for, for 48 hours on it and I'll have to repost. And so it's like, it's funny. And then I'll do another 
not so intensive contest and then a thousand people will enter. So it goes back to what you said at the very beginning. A lot of people don't like to put their face on camera or, or be involved in any video footage, but uh, it hasn't been impossible to get a seat. People just don't want to go that route. Well, there we go, folks. Rush Nation, you want to get involved. Uh, follow the boy. He'll share his, uh, his show's his details and how you find him if you don't already know. Uh, enter one of his contests. We've got some wonderfully iconic buildings here in the UK, and there's plenty of opportunities to get up and, and stand out from the crowd. So make the most of it. Yeah. Um, we've got about 10 minutes left. So I'm keen to pick your brain on some fantasy football strategy, not just for myself, but for uh, listeners of the show to make sure that they're getting the best out of this. So um, I guess what would be really good to see from you is your, uh, you know, I've been watching a lot of your videos and, and I know some of the answers to these, but I, I, I really find some of your fascinating takes on your 2020 breakout candidates. So right now, as is this to say that we were drafting today for, you know, our our home leagues or whatever leagues, our leagues of record, who are your sleepers, your breakout candidates for 2020? If you had to sort of nail your stance right now. Yeah. Um, I, well, I'm probably not going to release all of them to you because uh, nice. there's some con- yeah, content on there that I, that I, I give out to my members and stuff, but I will say that, and I've talked a lot about, about a couple of these guys, but like AJ Brown, I've already mentioned earlier in this, this podcast, but AJ Brown to me, he passes the eye test. He has a situation. Um, he's maturing really fast. Uh, he was pre uh, landing spot from the NFL draft right there, neck and neck with Nikhil Harry for me being the most talented wide receivers, just based on the talent evaluation process in the 2019 NFL draft class. When he landed in Tennessee, he dropped, I think, on everyone's rankings. But I said when I dropped him, you know, in a lot of different articles that I wrote on it, that if his QB situation changes and it could, there could be a hiding Kurt Warner somewhere on the roster or they make a trade, like no one knows. Don't write A.J. Brown off yet as a rookie. But if something happens QB-wise and that change gets made, he could vault into being an absolute stud in the making. And that's exactly what happened. A.J. Brown, to me, you don't have to pay. And this is the difference right here. This is what people sometimes will hear what I'm saying. And then they, they I don't know if you've seen the movie White Man Can't Jump, but they're hearing Jimmy, but they're not listening to Jimmy. But um, I, I think that if A.J. Brown, he can be had at like, I, I don't know, what would you guess his ADP would be right now? Fourth round? Fifth round? Yeah. I'd, third I'd round? Say... Would someone pay crazy mm. third round? Or is it, is it fourth or fifth? I, I do you know where I, you know I always like to do comps on last year. For me, he goes into the DJ Moore, uh, Calvin Ridley range. So you're looking I at hope what, you're mid, right. mid mid fifth. Um, that's where their ADP was last year. I so hope that's, you're right. That's why I, I hope you're right. But you know who else was sixth or seventh round in June, or I'm sorry, in January and February last year? Chris Godwin. He was going in the sixth and seventh round in early mock drafts, and then. And then that Tampa Bay coaching staff comes out and says, this guy can catch a hundred passes and boom, now he's a third and fourth rounder and you got to pay through the roof. So AJ Brown's value could be all over the map in one single piece of news, one crazy stat, one crazy support by a big name analyst. And we could see him go from fifth to third. Uh, I hope, I hope you're right. I pay fifth or sixth round value all day long. I think AJ Brown, 
has top five to seven wide receiver potential in 2020. You just do not want to pay anything close to that or you're not listening because it's all about maximizing draft value. Godwin was still an amazing grab in hindsight in the third round, but he was a screaming steal. And that's why I was talking earlier about best ball. You could have drafted Godwin at round six and round seven back in, in you know, early you know, best ball mock draft. So that's why best ball can be your friend if you are into sleeper drafting and all that. But I'd say A.J. Brown at wide receiver. Um, I really love – and I'm from, I'm from Arizona. I'm in Arizona. And I, I can tell you right now, and if you follow me, you know this is true. I, I have rarely supported any Cardinal player at all for the past 10, 15 years. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, Larry Fitzgerald has decent value or whatever. Kurt Warner I loved. But past that, I haven't supported a lot of players other than when DJ was in his prime. I'm not a Cardinal homer, and I don't let that bias affect me at all. I'm very good about separating that. I would take my fantasy championship off of a single play than watch the Cardinals win the Super Bowl. I'm all fantasy. Um, I do root for the Cardinals, but I just wanted to clear that up so people don't think, oh, this is just a Cardinal homer here. But I love Kyler Murray in 2020. I think he's the only quarterback that has that potential to be the next Lamar Jackson. I think Kenyon Drake depending on whether they retain him or not. He's very high risk in a way, especially if you are forced to draft him very high. So where his ADP levels will determine whether that this advice stays true for me. It can definitely change with ADP. But Drake, Kyler Murray, A.J. Brown are the three names I'm going to give you for breakout, like completely explode from their ADP, should their ADP be where we currently predict it to be. Nice. I like those picks. I think they're they're solid. I think they're they're really good actually. I um I think Murray's an interesting one because I, I don't think many people are going to take him. I think you'll probably get him. I mean Lamar was going I was hitting Lamar Jackson in twelfth rounds in, in drafts and um I think Murray will probably go a little bit above that, but I think you're getting him after the tenth, no trouble at all. Um, and given how important it is, is to have a quarterback that runs, there aren't many guys in the league that can do that. So he is somebody I would be targeting as a as an option in in many drafts. I think this year. Um, what about just on Arizona quickly then, um, Christian Kirk? Because he's a player that massively intrigues me, but yeah, he doesn't. So I- he's not put together that that breakout or enough to make it seem like he, he could break out next year, but he's got he's all still the tools young. And, and all the situation. Yeah. He's still young. And I, and I ironically just put a video out like, I don't know, five hours ago on YouTube. And it was a video that basically says, what if you could draft the next uh, Winston Evans and Godwin? What if you could draft that on one fantasy team and you could do it without touching either of your first two round rounders, your first two round picks? You're round one or you're round two. What if you could build that type of team? And there's only one situation in the NFL where I feel like there is a trio on one single team that that and, and look at look at if typically you don't want to own two receivers on the same team. It's something that, that people have aversion to. And it and it makes sense why. Because you know, one's gonna suffer the other. But Godwin and Evans both thrive. Winston, Godwin and Evans, that was like if you owned all three of those guys and you didn't have to spend a first or a second round pick on any one of them, you would absolutely build like a, a dynasty that would be impossible to beat for, you know, a handful of years. 
So my video is about, is there a hidden sleeping three-headed monster in fantasy football drafts where those three players don't even sniff your top two picks? And one of them might go in the third, the other might go in the sixth, the other might go in the seventh or eighth. And the answer is the Arizona Cardinals. The answer is Kenyon Drake, Christian Kirk, and Kyler Murray. Drafting all three of these guys in an offense where uh, it's so high octane and and even if they're playing from behind, they're going to drop insane stats constantly. Even when they're playing from behind, they're throwing the ball a ton. Even when they're throwing the ball in behind, Kenyon Drake's going to get the football via the air because he is half running back, half receiver. It's just one of my favorite approaches, and it's so low risk right now. If Kenyon Drake, if they trade DJ away, let's say somebody is dumb enough to take David Johnson in a trade like Tampa Bay, whatever, then Drake could climb into the top 15 overall. I would not be shocked at all if people were taking Drake at number 13 overall in, in, in August drafts. So this advice could change if ADPs get altered, but I love Christian Kirk at the value. I love Kenyon Drake at the value and Kyler Murray. And just imagine adding a Zeke Elliott and a Tyreek Hill or a Kamara and, uh, you know, an Adams or whoever you could get with your first two picks with that arsenal and still being able to take a, maybe a fourth rounder that could be a heavy hitter. No, I love it. That's so, uh, that's definitely one to watch in, in the season to come. And I think, uh, I think people are going to take you up on that. Um, it's just whether or not their ADP rises beyond uh, yeah. sane numbers. I mean, I, I was all over Godwin until he got into the high fourth. And then I remember being on a podcast with Matt Williams uh, as a Tampa Bay fan. And he was like, you're a Tampa Bay fan. Would you take Godwin with the first pick of the fourth round? And I went, no, because you're buying him at his ceiling. And he might get there. But I, in the fourth round for me, I'm looking at players that are going to offer me upside value, not players I'm looking to take at, at the peak. And you know, he was going ahead of, say, Cooper Cup. And he was going ahead of uh Derek Henry at some points, uh Josh Jacobs. And if you think position scarcity, you're thinking, okay, maybe that doesn't necessarily work out, but the process was right more often than it's not. Um he did yeah. hit those ceilings and went above and beyond. But yeah, how sure many did. guys how many guys have we seen that have been hyped like that, hyped for the breakout, gone in that kind of ADP and not not done it. So um yeah I think uh, I think your guys are solid picks and as long as they don't break into that fourth round uh third round conversation then i think they i'd definitely be buying some some of those shares i think drake definitely will break into the third round yeah, it's a I matter do. of what, whether he breaks in the second but if, if murray does go in the eighth or whatever uh man that's gonna be a great a great build to have murray kirk let's say kirk goes in the i don't know where are you projecting kirk if you had to guess I'd say probably at the moment, given what he dropped off at the end of the season, I'd say you're probably getting him in the seventh or eighth round. So if you get Kirk and and Kirk and Murray in, let's say, seven and eight even, let's just say, I know you think Murray could go more like 10 or whatever, but let's say seven and eight, and you get Drake in the third. I mean, in the fourth round, you have a, a heavy hitter. You take you take Elliott, you take, you know, or you take Kamara and Evans or whoever. I just think it's a recipe to... If you if you miss on it, nothing happens. You're taking a gamble on a swing on getting that trio without without any of the risk. Aside from the Drake pick, which I think he'll easily earn that if he stays healthy. Um, but I think he climbed. I, I really think Drake could 
could end up being the one that ruins this whole strategy because I think he climbs really high if they do something with DJ. Yeah, potentially. I think that's that's what we've got to watch out for. Um, but we'll know more of free agency. And when it comes to draft season, we'll have full yeah. clarity on that. And it depends what the coaching staff say as well. But they also, they still have, um, who's the third back they've got there? Not Edmonds. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, so David Johnson, Edmonds, and and, and uh, Drake are the only three that I'm yeah. concerned with. Yeah. So Chase Evans is someone who I find fascinating because I think he's yeah, someone I like that him. he could he could break into that role. He could even have some of the DJ work. So you should see yeah. what they do. Uh, yeah, and let, and let me preface that too, because in my bold prediction I have the the two of them together. I think it's important to include that that backup now. I've learned my lesson on that in the past because I've I've predicted breakouts for players and and I'm predicting the the backup position in some cases not just the player's talent and so um i think edmonds and you'll find edmonds and and drake together are the secret weapon that i'm talking about so yeah it's a good good point um edmonds is very very talented and if, if drake ended up getting hurt edmonds wouldn't miss the beat edmonds would deliver the same kind of production drake can deliver i just like drake a lot i think they like drake a lot they trust J- drake I feel like they're telegraphing that they're going to use him as the full-time guy in 2020. Anything's possible. Coaches ruin everything. Um, the things that I've gotten wrong in 2019, I feel like 80% of them were my mis- misjudging the coaching and the decisions the coaches were going to make, not the talent. So David Montgomery, I missed on that one in 2020, 2019. And I'm more than willing to talk about my misses. Uh, I do that. I, I feel a little bit more than the average analyst. It's on video at least because people like to just run from it. Like I got Daryl Henderson wrong, but I don't think I got the talent wrong. I think I'm totally misjudged the fact that they wanted to use this guy. They, they traded up to get him. Uh, he has college stats through the roof and you could say, Oh, Daryl Henderson didn't face any tough competition in college. He did. He, he played, uh, uh, I forget the blanket out of the team that was 11 and 0 when he dominated them. There, there were games where he had competition, but yes, he had lesser competition most of the time. But Daryl Henderson also is the number one running back in college football history for 60-plus years of, of stat gathering in yards per attempt and had more breakaway runs than anybody in college football in, in 2018 and 17. And he averaged over seven yards a carry in both 2018 and 2017. He's a monster. And everything in me says that this guy, if given the work, would explode at the NFL level. But I miss I misjudge the coaches, man. And I hope that he gets a shot in 2020. And I hope that his price tag is very, very reasonable. And I, at this point, I think it will be. But I, I would tell people not to give up on, on on him potentially breaking out in 2020 or 2021. I, I don't know. His, his confidence could be shot. They may never use him. Another team might not be interested in him because – well, if the Rams didn't use him, what good could he be? You know, like it, it's a weird mentality these NFL coaches have. And sometimes they don't use the right players, and I don't get it. And I've said this before, and I'll probably say it till it happens. Uh, just like Moneyball kind of changed baseball, or it was, it was kind of a weird thinking when Moneyball kind of emerged. Um, I think that, that eventually a uh, Matthew Berry, hopefully a Smitty, uh, but a Matthew Berry, somebody gets brought into an NFL organization to help with the talent evaluation process because I think fantasy-minded people 
view it from a further away perspective than the the coaches and talent evaluation people inside the organization. I think they're too close to the situation. Even NFL players don't necessarily know who the best players are at the position. If you ask a player who's the top five running backs and you ask some really good running back, he'll probably give you two or three names in the top five of his that don't belong there. Um, So I I would love to see fantasy analysts get more involved in the talent evaluation process because I think we would do a darn good job identifying it. Wow. Uh, hopefully one day someone takes us up on it but until uh until that happens we'll just have to uh moan from the yep. sidelines because uh you know we'll make enough noise and maybe one day it will, it will be right but um i've got to say it's been an absolute pleasure uh having you on and uh love to have you back on in the summer we can talk about our drafts in uh the pimp league the fantasy showdown and um some more projection data and look at look at some bits and pieces if you love to come back on but until then why don't you tell everyone where uh, they can find you if they've been living under a cloud and missed you somehow yeah uh the fantasyfootballshow.com which will take you right to youtube.com slash the fantasy football show don't forget the the um but definitely come check out the lives i'm live like during the year i'm live about four times a week and you know i go live for an hour two hours sometimes it's been like three hours i've done a 24 hour straight live stream twice where uh, I didn't make it the full 24 hours the second time because I had a, a cold and it practically put me in the ER. Uh, but the first time I got through like 24 and a half hours, I went all the way through a full day. Um, it's just me. So it's not like I, I, you know, handed the baton off to somebody else for a few hours. I literally was live for 24 straight hours. I Going live is kind of my thing. And you can also find me, of course, at sleeperu.com, S-L-E-E-P-E-R, sleeper and the letter U dot com so that's typically where you'll find me instagram same handle at the fantasy football show and uh and where if if i republish this anywhere where can uh where's the best place for people to find you uh so you can find us on twitter at five yard rush at instagram the same our youtube channel which only has a couple of episodes to date uh, but best way to interact with us is on twitter um you find our podcast on every single handle uh known to man uh there isn't a platform I think that doesn't have it. Oh, I like SoundCloud. SoundCloud don't like us, but everyone else has us. So you can you can find us anywhere, and uh, we we go live a couple of times a week um, in the season. It's about four or five times a week. Um, but you can find us everywhere. We've got some cool stuff going on. We've got a load of great guests like Spinny. So, um, you know, feel free to check us out, but it's been a, a real pleasure, my man. I've uh, loved every minute and uh, yeah, a quick one before we go, uh, before we cut off it is Super Bowl week. Who's, who's going to take over the Lombardi trophy in, uh, in 2020 or 2019? I'm sorry. You're, you're, I'm sorry. You're breaking up. <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't hear you. Uh, it's so hard to get in this boat because you have, you just get hit left and right. Uh, okay. So I think my, my Holmes is my guy. He's my number one bull prediction for 2018. Um, when, when he was going in double digit rounds, I, I totally like that. Such a good year I had with the Mahomes prediction and just backing. So I'm like, I'm naturally inclined to like, that's my boy. Uh, I feel like I raised him practically. And so I'm rooting for Mahomes, but I really think that it could end up being the, these 49ers who, who deserve it. They both teams. I'd love to see win. It's the first time in a while that I've, I've really wanted both teams to win. Uh, but I feel like the momentum's with both of them. It's just the defense is so, it's just such a big uh, component of this. And I think that the only way the chiefs can win this is if they have some kind of 
special teams or defensive play at the beginning uh, return, um, some kind of fumble by, let's say, Tevin Coleman, who's not 100% yet, but he tries to get in there and he fumbles the ball and the Chiefs pick it up and run it in for a touchdown. That kind of thing, I think, could get Mahomes and the Chiefs in a good position to battle this one out. But it's going to be a lot harder, not impossible, but a lot harder for Mahomes to, to pull off a comeback against this 49ers defense than it would be a different team. So it comes down to defense and special teams for the Chiefs. And uh, other than that, I'm going with the Niners. What about you? I'm Niners all the way. We said it at the start. Um, start of the playoffs, I just felt they were the most battle tested. Um, I think they got a decent, you know, they can establish the run. They got a, a decent offense. They got a great defense. Special teams is good. Um, they got for me the best, the best line combination, both on offense and defensive lines in this game. Um, I just think they got a lot of ways that they can hurt you. Whether it's, I think, if you can uh, stample on that passing game and it's hard with Mahomes, he can do some extraordinary things. But if you can just put the squeeze on long enough, Carl Shanahan will find a way to uh, to beat you with the run. And uh, they've got a lot of different weapons to do it. So I fancy the 49ers, but I think it's going to be a classic. I think this is a game we will be talking about for, uh, for years. And I can't wait for it because I think this was probably the Super Bowl when it all was looking. Everyone wanted the Ravens. I, I didn't think the Ravens were going to get there. Um, I fancied the, the Chiefs to get there. And I think this is the, the perfect um, Super Bowl for me when it all started out. It's going to be fun. It would have been higher scoring had it been, you know, the Packers versus the 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 Ravens or the Packers versus the Chiefs. But it's going to be a good 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 game. It just might be really low scoring, and that might upset some people or help some people out in these, uh, you know, brackets or the the, the squares or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you, you might win two quarters in a row without a score. But uh, yeah, um, it'll be uh, it'll be a fun one. And uh, hey, I appreciate you having me on, and and definitely will. Uh, maybe I'll have you on my podcast, or if you send me this audio file, I'll throw it up on my podcast as well. Um, yeah, definitely. Be good, good content. And then I will say, last thing, um, I have another big announcement coming. I don't know that I'm going to announce it before I really get a feel for this uh, 96 team league and what's going on with it. But there will be something else that I, I do anticipate to be a jaw dropping um, type of announcement where everyone's going to want a piece of of what's next so stay tuned i will definitely uh, keep you in mind for a spot and then if you're you know your peeps make a lot of noise like they did this last time it'll be pretty hard for me not to give you a follower spot but just keep your eyes peeled it's coming love it i love the tease let's keep an eye on smitty he's got something big he's gonna drop rush nation we are back tomorrow we have got some special guests uh coming in to talk about their teams from both the 49ers and Chiefs perspective and we're here all week leading you up to the Super Bowl with some cool stuff but uh, until then Rush Nation keep rushing We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. 
Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.